Welcome to the Your Story Matters podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mason City Schools, where we celebrate and learn from our community stories. We're so glad you've joined us today. This is Christine McCormick, the Innovative Systems Officer at Mason City Schools. And today I'm here with Javaris Powell, the new principal of Mason Elementary. So Javaris, tell us a little bit about what brought you to Mason City Schools. That is a great question, Christine. Let's start here. One of the main things that brought me here was the focus on the big rocks and the commitment to students. It was not something that was just something that would be pretty on paper, but it was more of a focus on this is our commitment to students. And these are all the ways we're going to meet the needs of our students, A, with a measured focus on what students uh, should know and be able to do when they leave us, and then B, how are we actually going to help students to see those things in real life beyond just what's on the page? You mentioned the focus on big rocks. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how did you even know, because you weren't living here in Ohio, how did you know about our focus on the big rocks? That is, again, another great question. Uh, Twitter. I follow great people on Twitter, and one of those folks I follow on Twitter was our, our superintendent. Um, and everything he talked about, particularly in his runner's reflection, was about the big rocks and the focus on the district's commitment to our students and, and pushing those. Everything he read and other things he talked about were related to those big rocks. And that, to me, showed the district's focus on students where everything was aligned with the big rocks and everything also stemmed from those big rocks, which also look back to our students. Thanks for that explanation. One of the things that I think our listeners um, would love to hear is that even when you have only been here for a short period of time, you've made a huge impact. And just knowing that that was part of what brought you here, it's evident in your actions as well that you've helped us and helped that work to move forward already. And we're really excited to see what you do at Mason Elementary as as the leader of that building. So going back a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Absolutely. I would love to. I always look for any opportunity to highlight my hometown. And um, I grew up in a small town outside of Jackson, Mississippi, Terry, Mississippi, it's a dot on a map. If you have no reason to go to Terry, you wouldn't even not you would not know it's there. Uh, It is about 15 minutes south of Jackson, Mississippi, our capital, small town where we used to have one traffic light. And again, the emphasis on used to there is many of the folks who live there have actually moved out. So there's no need for the traffic light anymore. It has been replaced by a four-way stop sign. But it it is small town Mississippi where I literally knew everyone in town and everyone in town knew me or my family. So we, you know, when one looks back on the, the mantra of, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I actually had that experience where the village did help to raise me. So expound on that a little bit more. And a a village raised you. Who's your village? (laughs) My village is anyone and everyone who lived in Terry, Mississippi, uh, and even extended relatives who have roots in Terry, Mississippi, where we look at it in a couple different ways. My kindergarten teacher, actually I think it was Head Start at the time, was friends with my grandmother. My aunts and uncles, high school teachers taught me, and they were also friends with my grandmother, and they all went to church a quarter of a mile from our house. 
So again, all of us were right there together, and it's really a place where I could walk down the street and actually either they know me or they know my family, and we could have conversations about uh, relatives. And in some cases, he told me embarrassing stories about my relatives I did not know, which was actually pretty cool. That's awesome. So it sounds like you have a really strong sense of family. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your educational experience, and was there a special teacher or someone in the educational system that strongly influenced you? Yes, so I'll I'll give you that from two different angles of a positive experience and a negative experience. Positive experience was uh, Mr. Owens, who also taught my mother in high school, again, going back to that small town feel. Um, And he and I would actually have conversations in class that no one else knew about. He knew I really enjoyed reading, so in class, sometimes he would mention different authors on purpose because he knew I was writing them down mm-hmm. and I would go back and I would read it. And it became a thing where I would mention some of the writers he mentioned in my work to him. So it was our way of communicating because the idea there is I didn't want to out myself as a nerd right. in high school, even though I definitely was and I have always <laughs> been. But that was his way of allowing me to save face where the communication happened in my writing with him. And of course, sometimes in class discussions, I would mention it. But one, I remember one of his things was, you know, I had a, had a conversation with Mr. Plato last night. And then he would mention the piece that he read. Mm-hmm. And that, that my next task was to go to the library and find that piece he mentioned about Plato. And then I would go back and have a conversation with him. Love it. And, and it, was, it was great. And that exposed me to lots of writers I probably would not have explored. Uh, but it was also cool because then it was, I think, my sociology or psychology class, but also brought that into some of my other courses and how it actually helped me to make sense of mm-hmm. other things that were happening in other courses. Well, it, it shows the power of building meaningful relationships, which in our culture guide, it's our second core belief. And it shows how you embrace that early on. And I feel like at Mason, we have a little bit of some of the same things going on with the reading. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we do. So I want to go back and, and give you the second part of that, the, okay. the, the negative experience. With okay. that, and we'll go back into the, the reading piece. So my negative experience in, it was, this was particularly high school, is where my high school guidance counselor uh, advised me not to pursue a four de- four-year degree. She specifically said, your kind does not do, mm. will not do well in a four-year university. And at that time, it was it was a blow, but I'd also you, you mentioned earlier about relationships. Mm-hmm. I looked at what was what was not happening with myself and some of my peers in our high school, where other people were being guided to the ACT prep courses mm-hmm. and some of the others, uh, but I was not. Uh, there was a particular track I was being guided towards, but. Uh, my family, and actually in this case, particularly my dad, said, no, we're going to go to those classes. We're going to do this. What day is it happening? Okay, great. I'm going to pick you up from work. Uh, when I, as soon as I get home from work, I'll be there. We're going in. That's awesome. Now, mind you, my dad had just left work, and my dad worked for almost 40 years as a lineman uh, for the, the power company in Mississippi. So when there was a tornado, I didn't see my dad because he was out helping other people get power. Uh, so that high school guidance counselor situation actually encouraged me to – pursue education and that conversation with her actually (laughs) um, came to a head when I presented my a acceptance letter to a four-year university and my letter showing that I'd actually uh, procured a scholarship without any assistance from her 
well, very little. It was giving my transcripts and, and the like, mm-hmm. but it was one in which I was prepared to have that conversation with her about expectations. And at that time, I did not know I was advocating for myself. Mm-hmm. I just thought, no, here's what's going to happen and here's what needs to happen. And so those experiences with Mr. Owens and the counselor that I will not name to protect our privacy, uh, those actually helped me to make connections in education and also to really be there as for someone who's actually about forming positive relationships with students because we never know what sticks. Right. And, and, and now we're, you know, decades out from that experience with that counselor, but that's something that still resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with Mr. Owens. Those are p- two pieces that have stuck with me. Right. So what gave you the confidence at that point when you, you had this negative influence? Was it Mr. Owens? Is it how your family, was it the values that they instilled in you? What gave you that, that tipping point to say, it doesn't matter what you're saying to me. I know better. I can do better and I will do better. And then I'm going to come back and actually have a conversation with you to align those expectations. So how did you have the courage to do that? It would, I would have to say it came from my family where we always pushed for excellence and it was about ensuring that if we had a goal, we did not stop until we achieved that goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about how, again, I said earlier about nerding out, uh, how I tried to run away from home when I was three. And that happened because my mom made school sound like it was an amazing place to be. And according to her, I was reading at the age of three. I can't verify any of this, so please don't check your notes. Um, And she shared that one day when she wasn't paying attention, I tried to sneak away with my little golden books to try to Mm -hmm. get on the school bus. Because, again, she made it sound like this was was a place where I needed to be. So I said, "Okay, well, I don't need to wait until I'm five or whatever the age was. I'm going to go now. Mom, you said this is cool, so I'm going to grab the pokey little puppy and some other books, (laughs) and I'm going to get on the bus. And she stopped me before I got there. But it's one where, again, my goal was getting into school and learning to read and pushing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start early and to, to achieve that goal. So couple that with the uh, focus on education and focus on goal setting and achieving goals for my family, that pushed me to have that conversation with my counselor. And then the same thing with my, my, my dad also pushed and said, you know, you are, you are more than enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless if someone says you're not, you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was also having those positive conversations from my village. My village also right. pushed and said, no, you are excellent and you can achieve. And we're going to hold you accountable when you are off track. Right. So when you are, when you violate the norms that we've instilled in you of pushing for excellence, we're going to help you to get on track. And at, again, at the time, I didn't notice, I didn't realize that that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. But in, in reflection, that is exactly what they were doing. They were guiding and, and helping me to, A, know that I had other people who would be accountable to me and then also helping me to be accountable to myself. Because <laughs> this is something, you know, my friends and I always share, like, we represent Terry, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We didn't always do it in the best ways, <laughs> but we represent Terry, so we have to, have to make sure that what we're doing is something that other people will actually celebrate and also influence because... In, in many regards, I am one of the few people someone will meet from Terry, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to make sure that what I put out there to represent Terry is something that is great. That's a fantastic story. Thanks so much for sharing that because it's 
It's just so interesting that you are thinking about representing a city. I think that is a part of our citizenry that, you know, we're trying to bring back an education for that focus. So it's great that you are, you're going to be principal and that you can share that story. And I hope that our families actually listen to this and can see what a great role model you'll be for their students. Thank you. Javaris, what are you most proud of in your professional life? I am proud that I am now pursuing a passion that I tried to escape very early on in life. Uh, and with that means going back to that small town piece, I was nurtured in that small town and there, I had opportunities in our church to teach Sunday school lessons. Mm -hmm. So I've been an educator for quite a long time now. And I recall some of the elders in the church saying, you know, you should be a teacher. I'm like, no, I don't want to be anyone's teacher. And I think at the time I wanted to be an attorney. And that was the path I thought I was going to pursue. But then that, of course, changed. But it, there, were, there continued to be opportunities where people would say, hey, you, you, know, you should consider education. Even the conversation with Mr. Owens is like, you'd be a great professor. Mm -hmm. like, no, thank you, sir. That's not. <laughs> my pathway. That's not what I want to do. So I am now proudest that I am a pursuing my passion, but then also inspiring others. Um, in fact, a few years ago, I received a letter from one of my former students who said that because of some of the experiences she had in my class, she went into teaching. And, and that to me was inspiring and, and, and helped me to see that I am doing the right thing mm -hmm. and doing something that is benefiting children. Well, you definitely are. There's, there's no question about that. And your, your story is fascinating. So you talked a little bit about thinking you might want to be an attorney. How's your life different than you imagined it? <laughs> so we can start with this. I now live in Ohio. Never imagined living <laughs> in the state of Ohio. Uh, Different in that, again, I am in education. I also am a reluctant school leader. I wanted, after I said, okay, I'm going to embrace being an educator, I only wanted to be in the classroom because I wanted mm -hmm. to have those impacts on students that Mr. Owens and some of my other high school teachers had. Um, another one in particular, Miss Doris Compier, I remember her, and I remember one of the first sessions in her class, and... It was in our, I think, performance art class or speech class when I can't remember the actual title of the class. But she said, I would like for you all to imagine you're in a burning room. What would you do? And trying to make my friends laugh, I got on all fours and crawled out, army crawled out of the room. Mm -hmm. And she said, that's it. That's excellent. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And she said, I thank you for t taking a chance. And I was like, wait a minute. I was trying to get a laugh. <laughs> and she said, now, as a matter of fact, I also want you to join our speech and debate team. I said, what? So, yeah, if you're willing to take a chance like that in class, I also want you to do that when performing. And from then on, I've been hooked with, with speech and debate. So it's opportunities like that. That's incredible. How funny that she would correlate. Obviously, it wasn't just you crawling on the floor that day. Correct. It was all of the other experiences she had with you. <laughs> and then seeing that you were going to have the courage to stand up. And even if everybody else in the room isn't doing it, that you were willing to. So that's pretty incredible. Javaris, you recently shared a quote 
that I fell in love with or a passage from the book Heavy. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Sure. This quotation comes from Kaise Lehman's memoir, Heavy. And he writes about his experience uh, as an educator in a conversation he was having with his mother, who's also an educator. My job as a teacher was to help them breathe with excellence and discipline in the classroom. The ones that love you, they become what you model. Don't forget that. Help them breathe by modeling responsible love in the classroom every single day. The most important thing a teacher can do is give their students permission to be loving and excellent. Tell us a little bit about what you envision for education for the next 10 years. What are your hopes and dreams? Simple hope is that zero children have any experiences in school where they hate school. School should be an amazing place. Again, thinking back to how my mother encouraged me and, and made, again, school sound like it was an awesome place to go. All of our students should have that experience where they are going to a place where they know they're going to be loved and nurtured. And then they're also working on assignments they know will enrich their lives, where students are working to solve the problems of our world mm -hmm. and not just completing assignments. And in the next 10 years, the educational landscape is going to look completely different. And I don't know what that's going to be. Mm -hmm. It's going to look completely different from what it does now, I hope. And if it does not, then we have not done our job as educators. If we think about where education was 10 years ago and where it is now, we can only imagine where it will be 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Not just with the technological devices, but with the um, deployment of practices and techniques that will actually influence students to really engage with their learning. Mm -hmm. Again, to not just complete assignments, to go out and really solve some of the problems that we have that exist so that students are engaged in the learning where they're not checking out, where we are also putting in supports for our most vulnerable students so that everyone feels nurtured and, and served in our schools. Fantastic. What advice do you have for our students, families, teachers, could even be counselors? Advice. Pace yourself take time and I think back to one of my favorite quotations because I have many and one of them is by the great James Baldwin and he says not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it is faced and that's important where we look at pacing ourselves and recognizing that we can go in and actually bring about change in those areas where we can bring about change mm -hmm. pace ourselves and be patient not just with ourselves but those around us mm -hmm. and the situations we are attempting to change and then also be persistent with those and bringing about the changes we want to see. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Now, as far as your counseling experience that you had when you were younger, if you were to advise a counselor today on how they can help kids to progress regardless, what, what advice would you have for them just based on your experience? Listen to students ask questions and when they ask questions listen and not just listen to what they are saying but also listen to the areas of where they're not saying things if for example a student you hear a, a lot of things a student is saying you don't hear much about them being nurtured or being challenged and that's an area where that's a bucket that's not being filled for that mm -hmm. student 
And then also we have to remember that we have to model the behavior we want to see. And I just go back to James Baldwin again. And they, you know, our children have never been good at listening to their elders, <laughs> but they have never failed to imitate them. So we have to ensure we are modeling the behavior we want our students to uh, to carry out. And if we are seeing things in our children we do not want to see, we should pause and look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, okay, where are they getting this? Where are they getting this from? And if we see those things in us, then we have to bring about the changes we actually want to see. So normally I ask about a favorite quote, but you've given about four. So I'm going to <laughs> skip that question today. Sure. What brings you joy, Javaris? Simple things. And one very simple thing that brings me joy is the laughter from children. And whether that be at recess or them laughing at a joke they made that's probably not funny to funny to the adults around them, but children enjoying themselves, whether they be a learning experience or whatever it is, that brings me joy. Uh, a second thing that brings me joy is music. I like music of all genres, and that's from my experience growing up as an only child in Mississippi when it was really hot. There was not too much to do, and I would actually surf the radio stations. Young listeners out there, there was a time where we actually had to listen only to things on the radio. Well, I would turn the dials on the knob and I actually listened to all kinds of genres on the air, the whatever was being played at the time, AM and FM. Again, mm-hmm. ask your family members what AM radio is, students. And I listened to country and R&B and gospel and all of that had an influence. So that brings me joy as well. And you now listen to music also on vinyl. Correct. Not now. Going back to, we listened on vinyl, (laughs) then we did some CDs, some cassette tapes, and some other things along the way. MP3s, now back to vinyl. Correct. It's retro coming back. So, very last question. It's a comparison question. Beach or mountains? Beach or mountains? Mm -hmm. I would have to say a beach that leads up to mountains. Oh, very nice. It's like Tracy Carson's. Hers was pie or ice cream, and she wanted ice cream on her pie. Yeah, why choose? Yeah, agreed. All right. Thanks so much, Javaris. It was a pleasure having you today. We are super excited about Mason Elementary opening this August and for you to be at the helm. And I know the teachers have really done a remarkable job preparing for our students and to welcome them in a way that Hopefully they'll they'll feel joyous and excited and eager to step in into the building. I'm looking forward to the adventure that awaits us at Mason Elementary. Thanks so much. Thank you. We've reached the end of one of our stories. It's goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Mason City Schools Your Story Matters podcast, where we believe every unique story deserves an audience. If you know of someone who has a great story to tell, email Carson T at MasonOhioSchools.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our community stories.